America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again from Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly this week at Redbud. We passed the halfway point in the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross season, a.k.a. the outdoors, and Feld made a big announcement. The 2020 Supercross schedule has some big changes. Most notably, Vegas is not the last round. Actually, Vegas is the penultimate round with Salt Lake City hosting the finale. St. Louis is back on the schedule. That's good news for us Midwesterners. But it's a bit odd, however, that it will be round two right after A1 in Anaheim. That's that's a lot of traveling. So the round three is back and uh, Angel Stadium for round three. And I'm, and I'm kind of reeling on, I'm scratching my head on this one. It's a lot of expense crossing the country for the teams. And I'm going to bet that I'm not the only one wondering why this happens. So we're going to invite the good folks at Feld in an upcoming program to talk about it. And uh, they're always uh, up for the call. So we'll get them on it and, uh, in a future program. I'm Tony Wink alongside PJ Dorn and Mark Bonnell in studio. Uh, a big get well goes out to Scott Casper as he takes the weekend off. Uh, he is uh, in the hospital, actually. He had some kind of an infection in his throat from a dental surgery. So I talked to him. He was completely looped out today on... Get well, Scotty. Yeah, so get well, Scott. Uh, other contributors include Ed Kulenkamp, Chris Bishop, and Tom Halverson. Jack and Leanne DeLeon are producing this program as we speak. PJ, we had the MotoGP. It was in Saxon Ring, Germany. And some big news from the reigning champ Johnny Ray Camp in the World Superbike. Absolutely. From the Saxon ring, uh, more of the same, if you will. Mark Marquez continues to pull away in points. Uh, Vinales put in a good fight, but it was pretty clear Marquez had the race covered with Cal Crutchlow coming home third. Marquez stretches his lead over Andrea Davizioso to uh, 58 points and spreading. Moto uh, World Superbike, as it were. At Donington, big news, uh, Johnny Ray does the triple and takes over the points lead after a very interesting uh, first half of the season, uh, wherein uh, Alvaro Bautista on the factory Ducati really looked strong from jump this season. All of a sudden, uh, Mr. Consistency, the reigning world champ, it's worth mentioning, comes back and takes the points lead. We've got a battle. It's going to go all the way to the end of the season um, and upcoming, this next race will be this weekend, Moto America and World Superbike combined out at Laguna Seca. So we're going to have answers. Awesome. All right. On the show today, we've got some upcoming, uh, up-and-coming road racers as well as uh, a very well-seasoned road racer, Roger Lee Hayden, and uh, also Kyle Cunningham and Zach Osborne. Jack, if you will, please, let's bring up our first guest, Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing team, sit out. He sat out this past weekend with a shoulder injury. Zach Osborne joins us. Hey, Zach, how's it going? Not bad, man. You? We're good here. We're uh, we're kind of bummed for you, though. You had to sit out at Redbud. Talk about your shoulder injury. Yeah, man, it was a disaster. I had a little crash on uh, Thursday afternoon at the practice track and um, separated my SC joint, which is your sternoclavicular um, uh, connection, your, collar, your collarbone connects to your sternum. And, um, yeah, just really didn't have any opportunity to do any sort of therapy or make any progress. And uh, it was too, um, too sore and too weak to ride on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, nightmare. 
And, and we've, as motocrossers, a lot of us have been through shoulder injuries, but it always amazes me how fast you guys can bounce back or attempt to come back from something like that. Um, and there's really, I mean, I know there's braces out there, but none of them really work in my experience. Is there anything you can do, just tape it up, that kind of thing, and, and just try to immobilize it as much as you can? Yeah, I mean, that's what we did. Uh, just it wasn't wasn't uh, good enough on Saturday. So it is what it is. It's one of those deals, you know, you got to just kind of take it in stride and uh, keep moving forward. That's the only option. Yeah. And how are you, fe- how are you feeling a couple days on? Uh, I mean, are you feeling progress? Yeah, for sure. It's made a, a huge jump um, since Saturday. And, you know, I knew on Saturday if, if the crash had happened, say, Monday or Tuesday, then it would have been a different situation for Saturday. But, you know, being that it was 3 o'clock on, on Thursday afternoon, it just was um, too fresh and tender to, to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, you at that point, you're packing your bag, getting ready to to uh, fly into uh, Chicago or whatever and, and – and make that trip that's it's just always a bummer um but that's part of your sport and it's you know and and we've seen you bounce back from uh a lot worse um so the the the, let's talk about the season prior to the injury i mean you've you've uh you know we're halfway through it now you kind of want to reflect on on the season that that uh you've put in some great rides yeah i mean it's it's been awesome up to this point you know uh I was not out of the top five in a single moto um, to to the point that I had to miss a race. And, um, you know, obviously I won a moto the weekend before at Southwick, and it was just, yeah, going really well. So it's, it's a huge bummer to have this injury, but at the same time we just have to um, keep pressing. What do you think about the competition this year? I mean, we we talk about that, and, and we, we always talk about how it seems like the level of competition – rises every single year and um you know we've got obviously eli and and, uh, everybody out there is extremely fast what are your thoughts do you think they're they continue to get faster and faster and and where do you see it at what point can we just go all right we're gonna we're gonna the 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 talent is gonna plateau at some point uh in the united states for a while man I, i don't know there's uh an extremely fast uh extremely deep group of guys at the moment you know the front six or seven have been really really fast and um i don't see a plateau you know as long as there's people that are pressing uh the issue at the front and and striving for more we're all you know there's always going to be progression so um for me it's just it's it's a, a very unique and very um let's say just awesome time to be to be a fan of the sport it's just high level and there's there's no uh no other way to put it really it really is and and we've i mean we've been fans since childhood and and i i really think that the i mean you can it's hard to pick one guy ever that's you know like obviously you know there's been times when villapoto we knew he was going to win or 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 even dungy or stewart or whatever over the years and uh you know way back in like mcgrath and and you know that right now though i mean i i know tomac's doing well and he won this past weekend but i wouldn't bet against any of you top five guys you know it's uh or even top six guys i should say um do you do you agree with that i mean it seems like there's it's anybody's race at this point 
for sure. I mean, uh, there's so many guys, like we, we said, it's just on uh, such a high level and, and can really win from a good start. You know, that's, that's one of the big keys right now that um, is probably overlooked is the start is so key. You know, there's not many, there's not many times where anyone has come from worse than say third or fourth this year to win a moto. You know, you can't start 10th and, and win motos at the moment just because the level's so high and there's just no separation from person to person, you know, the, at the front, it's just, uh, it's a really tough, tough time. So when you have a weekend, like you unfortunately did this past weekend, do you, uh, I mean, did you stick around for the entire event or do you head home and try and get, get healthy? You know, that's clearly going to be a concern or do you stick around the race and try and contribute in some way for the team or I'm just curious. Uh, no, I actually, I stayed until, um, about two o'clock and, um, uh, kind of hung out, did a little bit of TV stuff before I left. And then, um, I caught my flight from South Bend at four and, um, got home later that night to, to start with the rehab and therapy on, on Sunday. So, um, kind of saved me a day, if you will. Uh, it doesn't seem like much, but over the course of a couple of weeks, it can really make a difference. When I'm in, when I have an injury, my rehab involves Ben and Jerry's or some sort of ice cream. Is that part of your program or, or not? Definitely not. It's uh, actually a time of starvation <laughs> um, to, to try to keep the weight down and um, just, you know, not not add any extra stress to the body and, um, uh, you know, help it as much as I can to heal. So uh, Ben and Jerry's would be nice, but not, not part of the program. How many calories do you take in when you're when you're on the gas and you're riding a ton? I'm sure you got it. You, I'm sure your 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 guys got it down to the science. I know he does. I mean, we've talked about it. We've had him on the show. Um, what are your uh, What's your calorie intake on a regular riding day? Uh, oh man, I would say somewhere between three thousand and thirty five hundred on a on a normal day. Um, rest days are obviously a little bit less than that, but um, I gain weight super easy and. Uh, I have to be pretty pretty cautious with you know overeating and whatnot. So for me, it's, you know, just the the minimum that I can possibly sustain what I'm doing on. That is a that is a way of life that only racers really get to know about. It's <laughs> it can't be fun having to do that year round essentially because you really don't have time off, do you? No, there's not much time off to be honest. I mean, um, this year, you know. I hope to be on the, the team for the motocross of nations and that's in the end of September. So that's a whole nother month out of the season. And then monster cup, you know, two weeks later. And, um, I, yeah, I just, uh, there's, there's not much time. Like you said, it's pretty wide open. There was, there's sure been a lot of people critical of, of team USA and, uh, and you know what I'm talking about with, there's too much focus on supercross and, We've lost our edge as a as a country. We being you guys, and it's easy for us to say we when we're sitting here on our butts watching. But um, how do you answer to that to to people that that have that opinion and and think that uh, Team USA doesn't goes into it and maybe doesn't have the shot that they used to have? Um, man, there's so many factors to winning the race, um, and and I get it. We did it for a long time very well, um, but. Yeah, we're you know it's at a time now, like we were saying a minute ago, with every, you know not only is the the front level high here, it's it's high everywhere, and um, I think that that's something that's changed over the past couple of years. You know, maybe the Euros weren't quite as fast as what we were raw speed wise, and um, 
we, we've always been able to get it done. But the last few years, man, you know, they've really stepped it up. You can see the racing in the GPs is incredible. And um, I just think that people underestimate, A, the other riders and countries, B, the amount of strategy and luck, if you will, maybe not luck, just things going the way that you need them to go. Um, and just the overall gist of the race is, is not very simple. You know, it seems simple on paper, but when you have guys on, you know, three guys on a team that are as good as the guys are now, um, it, it's a tough race to win. Yeah, and, and do you think that it – so you don't think that it has to do with the fact that uh, you guys as pros spend so much time racing Supercross? Um. Yes and no, but I, I don't. I don't really. I mean, I the. In my opinion, my sole opinion, the the biggest factor is that the race is so far from the end of our season. I think that that's that's the biggest thing. You know, they're racing the whole time, and and you know, most people would think, oh, that gives our guys a chance to recover or whatever. But the whole time that we're racing they're racing we're you know training but it's just not quite the intensity you know it's yes. like it's almost like trying to come back from in- injury you know you've been practicing and you feel good and but it still takes three four five weeks to get, tired, to get there you know? yeah for sure i yeah, i it, it's, just, it's not the same so i agree with that so speaking of supercross big announcement that uh the cha- the schedule is quite different this year what are your thoughts on it yeah it looks pretty wild i mean uh, i don't know um what you know what the the factors were that went into some of the decisions you know but um i mean sure it's a change and change is always good um you you know you either progress or you learn from the loss so uh, i think that you know it'll be interesting yeah i think it will too and and i the the one that's the biggest shock is that the fact that we're not racing in vegas the last race that's uh that that's kind of a surprise and then so no parties after the Vegas race. That's for the riders. That's kind of a bummer. That's going to be a different deal. And then uh, <laughs> um, the fact that St. Louis is round two for you guys in the 450 class, that's pretty wild. It's a lot of travel for teams. And not to mention that January 11th, the weather sucks in St. Louis. I mean, it it could be yeah. decent, but, you know, it's, it's... Odds are it won't be. Well, it's typically... Yeah, odds are it's going to be cold and miserable in there. And, and we have had... It's been towards the end of the season typically where the, the the weather can you know hopefully cooperate a little bit more and but it's i mean it was an ice skating rink on january 11th this year i remember so it, it's yeah, uh i i thought the, the st louis thing was quite strange um I, like i said you know you never really know the factors that go into that sort of stuff i know it's probably an insane nightmare to put something together um such as a schedule but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a big surprise for me. The, the St. Louis thing was a bigger surprise. I mean, where it ends, you know, has kind of always been Vegas, but there's always been talk of it not being Vegas. I was a little bit surprised that it was Salt Lake and not New York or Foxborough. But, right. um, yeah, I mean, the St. Louis thing was like, whoa, okay. You know, and, and uh, the the St. Louis thing is that the having to go from California clear out to, to Missouri – then back to California in the span of two, three weeks. Team, man, team managers have got to be wringing, pulling well, their hair out. Well, it's the thing is, is uh, I know that there's a lot of teams that are not funded. 
and they they do the best they can and and I know that there's some actually some some higher level teams or at least they they look oh they are higher level that aren't funded right now and there's some teams that are broke and they're going racing this and is only making it worse it's substantially it's worse. not helping yeah so uh, it's it'll be interesting but whatever like you say Zach Feld Feld had a reason why they did it rather than just to they they're not doing it just to do it so um right. yeah so what else is up anything good just healing up nothing new man just just plugging away uh trying to get this thing healed up and get back on it like i said i'm really keen to uh make an impact here at the end of the season and hopefully get on that that team for the motocross nations um you know i'm pretty much all in for that race at this point you know the championship is gone for me and um all i can do now is uh try my best to be 100 percent for the end of the season and hopefully win some more motos and and a race and uh yeah make it happen for team usa I'm really. It, it makes me feel good as a fan, Zach, that you you're jacked about the motocross donations. It's good to hear a racer say this, because um, sometimes uh, I think maybe they don't feel that way, and it's it's refreshing and awesome to hear that you, very fast and talented rider, are that excited about it. Yeah, well, I am. It's it's a you know it's a huge event in my mind and something that I've like. As a kid, one of the very first things I can remember watching of motocross was uh, um, uh, VHS, actually. I know that's old. Man, you just uh, aged yourself, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I know, right? A VHS of the 01 Nations from St. John uh, with Travis, Rhino, and um, Ricky. I think it was 01. It might have been 2000. Um, but it was like 90 minutes. It was all three motos. and Yeah. Um, that I was just like, man, like, you know, that was probably one of my first dreams, uh, as a kid in the sport was to be on the team because I, you know, I always felt like if you had good enough, a good enough success during the season to make the team, then you were doing something. So, you know, that, that's always just been, um, something that I've wanted to do. It was something that I always really, really wanted to do when I was racing in Europe, but never made the selection. And, um, yeah, when I had the chance to go to Matterley and, and represent and now i'm in a position you know especially a couple weeks ago i was in a position to get picked again so i really just hope i can make it happen hey uh so you're saying you weren't at the 86 unadilla race then i wasn't there (laughs) i was i was a couple years from being born but yeah i know hey so your training is you know we've always respected your training and uh my girlfriend and i actually comes up quite a bit she's like always telling me how uh how well that you ride and um she thinks you look like you're 15 but you know <laughs> you know we're 50 so everybody looks 15 but um your training routine has 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 to be tough and and i think your training trainer does an excellent job and i i think with your training and your dedication i would highly be surprised if you're not picked for the team thank you i appreciate that i actually um t- i don't remember if it was last fall or the fall before but uh myself and one of my friends went to a movie and uh, the lady carded us both for an R movie, which was 17. And I was like, yes. I'm sorry, but I'm closer to 30 than 17. And she was like, I don't care. Let me see your ID. So she ended up carding us both. It was funny. Yeah, take your folks in there. high praise get, right there. It's funny. Hey, man. Uh, I remember the, the day I turned 18, when I was a kid, I always liked to uh, buy a lottery ticket, uh, scratch <laughs> off. And uh, I... When I turned 18, I went to buy one because, like, that was the day, you know. I was yeah. like, 
rock up and, and uh, buy a lottery ticket, and they were going to card me, and I was going to be like, yeah, I'm 18, what's up? And uh, they didn't card me, and I was then, devastated. Like, Then you're you mad because you didn't. Did- yeah, it next, always works out. Next way. chance, the voting booth. All right, Zach Osborne, it's always fun having you on. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, look forward to seeing you racing at Millville. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we have Kyle Cunningham. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Ken Roxon. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Hello again, everybody. It's Scott Casper for Jack Daly on Construction. You've got projects that need to be done. Basement, refinish, kitchen, bathrooms. How about this? Need more room? Call Jack Daly on Construction. They've been serving Iowa for nearly 70 years. Right now, you can finish your basement before April 30th. Spend at least $25,000. I'm going to get you a 55-inch flat screen TV. Call Jack Daly on Construction Incorporated. Serving Iowa since 1946. Call them. 321-5225. 321-5225. It's Jack De Leon Construction. This is Geraldo Ferracci and uh, we're on Pipat Radio. And thank you for listening. Welcome back to the show. I want to thank Racetech, the science of suspension. For nearly 30 years, Racetech has been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. You can visit their website at racetech.com. We just finished up a nice conversation with Zach Osborne. Get well, Zach. He's got a shoulder injury, and uh, if you missed the conversation, he is set to uh, return 
at Millville, which is uh, we get next was it next not this weekend but the next weekend. Yeah, so. he sounded very positive about it. Yeah, so Zach's Zach uh, get well, buddy. Now we're we're going to Kyle Cunningham who raced at Red Bud, scored a thirteenth in Moto One and a thirty ninth in Moto Two for a sixteenth overall. We have not seen uh, Kyle race since Vegas, so uh, I think Jack is is uh, efforting to reconnect with him. I was just talking to him. Oh, you know what I did? I hung up on him. My bad. No, I didn't. I don't know. That's why you don't. Let I me would. Run the I phone. would blame you uh, with the lack of any other empirical evidence. We're going to assume it was you, uh, Kyle. We didn't mean to do that to you. We want. We want to talk to you, bud. <laughs> Man, thanks for being on the show. Um, all right, we'll we'll bring him on now. Good job, Jack. Kyle Cunningham. What happened? Did I disconnect you? I think so. It was a random hang up. Well, you got it. That would be the first in the history. <laughs> My bad. Uh, <laughs> say so. We saw you. You. Uh, 13th is, is respectable at Red Bud, Moto 1, but Moto 2, 39th didn't go so well. Talk about where you been, by the way. Where you been all year? Yeah, we did Supercross um, this year, kind of a last-minute deal with uh, Todd Hansen at HRT. Uh, he helped me put that program together, and I felt like it went pretty good uh, up until Nashville. Man, when I came off at Nashville, I was not feeling like my normal self was uh, – run down, went to the doctors, had some blood work done and didn't get the results back till uh before Vegas, but you know, with one round to go and a lot of support behind me and sponsors, I didn't really wanna hang it up and sit out one supercross, so I figured we'd take the time off afterwards. So uh you know, I basically was just at a point my body wasn't recovering. I was run down and man it showed after Vegas I was pretty much going to sleep at nine at night waking up at one o'clock the next day so really um yeah so i uh i got the word from him four weeks of nothing rest uh then i actually got off the couch went and raced in australia down at the manjum up race uh for a weekend and that was the week i got back to training so i've been doing motos and uh trying to get ready to here in in texas and just kind of decided to show up with my showroom Honda 450 last weekend at Redbud. <laughs> <laughs> so what was is yeah. it Epstein Bar or something, or what was Yeah, I mean, it was borderline getting to that point. I either already had it, didn't know it, and or was potentially going to get it. So luckily, uh, you know, we caught it when we did. And I mean, I feel back to normal. Um, last weekend, first moto i felt like i had a lot of fuel in the tank you know when i got to 13th um after two crashes i was so far back from the next guy in front of me i'm like i ah, just save it till the next moto and you know we had a bit of a struggle my dad uh went up and wrenched for me so pops was back on the gate with me and um man first practice i qualified 12th with my lap time and i literally did the two free laps the one lap when they waved the green flag and I ran one sprint lap and pulled off cause we had a mechanical issue. Um, and it just kind of one of those days, like I felt good. I felt really good in practice. I was ready to be back at the races. I was excited to be there. Uh, made a change, went back to Enzo for suspension. Craig Decker helped me out and Will Decker. Um, you know, so we had suspension on the bike. Everything else was just, what you can get off the showroom and man we just had something weird going on and one of those things uh 
I've been riding for 22 years and literally until sitting down for two days after it happened and going, okay, what all did we change? What, what never fixed it? What was the only thing we didn't change? So I think we have a good idea. We're in the process of tearing that motor down, just one of those fluke things. And, you know, it happened the first practice, happened the second practice, happened, you know, the first moto to the point, you know, four laps in, I couldn't even jump the leap unless I hit the turn perfect. So, uh, you know, just one of those crazy things that happens in racing. And, you know, other than that, the Honda 450, I love it. It's been great. I've been having fun being back on the bike and was excited to be back at the races last weekend. And you're going to be at all the rest of them, right? We can play in on that because uh, you definitely uh, the, the world wants to see you back on the track. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, it's, it's definitely tough from the privateer standpoint. I've done it in the past. I mean, 2008, did the outdoors on my own with my dad out of the back of a pickup. Uh, 2014, same thing. Um, 2015, same thing. A couple times I had some help from uh, Ted Parks over at TPJ. Uh, but man, like really trying to have all the stuff you need, it's like I almost need my own trailer there. So, you know, I've been working on some things for next year is, is what I'm trying to focus on, you know, depending what happens, there's not many jobs out there right now. So, uh, I've been working on a few things and maybe a possibility of continuing, you know, what I did this year with a little better effort. But, uh, you know, as of right now, I'm signed up for Millville. I'm going to show up. There's no way I'm not showing up after 1339 and, you know, three times on the ground that, uh, that wasn't the goal, and it definitely uh, doesn't show how I've been feeling on the bike. So we've actually got some new uh, suspension stuff to try this week, and uh, I got my entry in for Millville, so we're going to show up there. I highly doubt. I love Washougal, but I can't justify the trek all the way out there to turn around and get a week off and then head to Unadilla. So my tentative plan at this moment is Millville and then potentially the last three rounds well you run straight up to 35 and you're there right for millville um yeah yeah and i love the track i mean i've done i've had some good races there and i've always had fun racing there and i'll tell you guys that's the the toughest thing when i had the blood work done and i'm sitting here i'm not broken you know it's not like i can't use my arm or use my leg i'm kind of twiddling my thumbs going okay well we'll sit and watch the races and you know, I'm just I'm not at that point where I'm ready to to be sitting around and not being there, uh, giving as much effort as I can. So that's why we decided to show up at Redbud, and you know, I mean, there was a little flash there, and you know, then some bad luck. But uh, you know, I'm excited for Millville, and like I said, hopefully, uh, you know, the last swing of those three rounds, I could stay up on the East Coast and not really have to do much traveling. So it would make sense. The thing that bugs me is when the when a Kyle Cunningham says there's no jobs out there, you know, it's it's uh it's a bit disheartening. It is. And and then, you know, and I and I I do want to make a comment that how special how special is that for you when your dad is there helping again and and on the line. I mean, do you guys are you, <laughs> are you guys at each other's throat ever or or what's that situation like? No, he's uh he's pretty mellow. He's uh kind of the guy that's always you know, as long as I give it a hundred percent and don't quit, he doesn't care. And 
you know, that was the toughest thing last weekend when we had the bike issue, you know, in the last moto and pulling off. I mean, if there's one thing I don't ever want to do, it's pull off the track. But I uh, already had, you know, some issues here with track bike and just couldn't afford to, to, you know, blow up a motor if it's getting too hot. But, you know, that's how it goes. And that's, that's how it is. It's racing. We all know that. I felt more bad than anything because my dad at the end of the day was like, oh, I should have tried to change more stuff. And that was the simplest thing I could tell him. I'm like, hey, dude, like I've been racing 22 years and normally I'm pretty good with knowing what's going on. And I was like, I couldn't even have told you what the problem was. We tried every single thing we had to change in that trailer got swapped on the bike before every time I went out. So there wasn't one time we were going up to the starting gate. So what is losing power or, or, or yeah, just like three, four laps in. And, you know, like I said, I still haven't figured out what exactly was, was going on, but in the same turn too, it's, it's, it's not, it's just one of those fluke things. I mean, I, I've got 30, 40 hours on, you know, my stock practice bike and, and no issues. So it's just one of those things that happens and was kind of out of our control. And I mean, we were scrambling a little bit with the last minute doing red bud thing anyways. So, I mean, if anything, we weren't, you know, completely prepared, but Hey, we, we tried our best and we tried to fix the problem as many times as we could. And we just didn't get it sorted in time, but you know, you live and learn from it we'll be more prepared when we show up at Millville. So I got a, I ride the 450 Honda too, and um, I've got 18s. I've got a batch of them. And uh, recently I've had a problem with them getting hot. And But but I run Evans Coolant so it doesn't boil out. But they will run they will run to full meltdown. I can melt, I can melt a, an engine and I and it's and if I don't run Evans it blows the coolant out. So I'm it's something I don't know if it's something similar to what you're experiencing, but um, and the guy that that helps me with some of my stuff, he's I think he's got it figured out. But uh, it's it's uh, interesting that, that you're going through some of the some of that. I mean, you're saying it's getting hot, so I, I wonder yeah, if there's I mean, something the up thing, to it. I don't even know if it's so much hot. I mean, I know everybody obviously as much as we all ride everyone has different issues at certain times i mean i've been doing 35s here at home in texas 95 degree weather 90 percent humidity that sounds fun and have had no issues with the practice by getting hot so you know we haven't really had that problem and like i said i love the bike the bike's awesome we just you know, I don't think it's anything to do with the Honda. I think it's just more we had one of those fluke things. And, you know, I mean, honestly, I basically took a brand-new bike off the showroom, threw suspension, triple clamps on it, um, wheels, a chain and a sprocket, and we showed up and ran it. We didn't really have the proper time to tear into the motor, make sure everything was good, make sure everything was put together good. So, I mean, those are things you normally do. And we were kind of winging it at that point when it was just me and pop. So I think it's just one of those things, like I said, it, it just happens. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's the last race. The good news is there's another one next weekend coming up at Millville and 
you know, more than anything, I'm just, I was excited just to be back at the races. It's like 1339 or 77 or 1010 or 1520. I don't really care as long as I'm on the track, giving it everything I got, you know? So I just want to be there and show up and be in the motos and, and be in that battle. And, you know, the first moto, even, you know, small issues like, I think I was talking to my trainer, Seth. I was laying at the bottom of the pile in the first turn. I ripped my pants from my <laughs> knee to my crotch. I didn't realize it till after the moto. And, you know, literally the first lap I was talking to him, I'm like, dude, I go, I was in like 38th, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, literally, like, I think the first lap I was second lap up to like 25th, 26th, maybe. He's like, no, dude. He goes, first lap. I counted you in 38th when you got up. By the time you hit LaRocco's leap, before you even hit the finish line, you were already in 26. Wow. I'm like, huh. And then I went down again, obviously. So, you know, but uh, I'm just really happy. Had the pace. You had the pace. Yeah, I mean, my speed's good. The speed's been there. And if you're not crashing, you're not trying, I guess. So, you know, I was just more happy with my body felt good. My fitness felt good. We took the proper steps to take the time and ease back into the training and ease back into the motos. And, you know, I felt more like myself. That was a frustrating thing. The last two super crosses, I mean, honestly, 10 laps in halfway into the moto, I was sitting there going, dude, what's wrong? I'm just stuck. Like I can't push, you know, I was just stuck at that pace. So, you know, to, to feel like I'm back to where I need to be and feel a hundred percent in that sense. Now we just, have some things to work on. I mean, we didn't even get to test suspension uh, before we went up there. So my testing was kind of going to the race and I got a good feel for that. And we were able to make some changes uh, that I picked up today. And then we're going to get to trying it and try and get it dialed in with the weekend off and be a little more prepared when we show up for Millville. Well, we look forward to seeing you up there, bud. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm excited to be back. Kyle Cunningham, back at it. Yes, sir. All right, uh, Jack, we, I know we got to take a break. Um, Kyle, good luck. Who do you want to say thanks to for, for helping you go racing? Uh, I mean, honestly, I just want to say thanks to Todd Hansen. He's been a huge part this year in helping up to, to step, step up and put this program together. Uh, obviously, my dad for helping me get to these outdoors that we're going to do. Uh, Honda's been on board helping out this year. Joe and everyone over there, they've been super cool. And there was even some feedback and help this weekend when we were having some problems at the race. So those guys, 100%. Just all the sponsors that were involved for uh, Supercross this year that stayed on board um, to do these select outdoors. I know everybody wanted me there at all of them. So um, just to stay on board and uh, keep working, and hopefully uh, we can keep this ball rolling and go into next year 450 Supercross. Awesome. All right, we're going to take a break now. That was Kyle Cunningham. I want to thank um, Wisecope Performance Products, carrying a full line of forged forge pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, Visit Wiseco.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Chris Carr, multi-year flat track racer, former World Land Speed record holder. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hi, this is Dean Wilson, number 15. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I think that was when Dean was like a little, a yeah, little kid. Sounds pretty young there. Yeah, now he's all grown up. Yeah. All right, uh... Big thanks to Zach Osborne and Kyle Cunningham. Zach is efforting to reach our next guest, but I do want to talk about this new schedule announcement with Feld. They uh, the the Supercross schedule big changes. Vegas is not the finale; it's actually the penultimate round. Salt Lake City is going to be hosting the finale, and uh, St. Louis is back on the schedule, but it's round two. A lot of mileage there, Mark. Yeah, I just was running the numbers on it. It's twenty thousand one hundred fifty-five miles, just city to city. And there's a couple of stints in here, like uh, San Diego to Tampa, 2,500 miles almost. And then 
this is the one I don't quite get. Detroit to Salt Lake City to Denver, back to Foxborough, Massachusetts, which is about as far away from Las Vegas as you can get in the United States, uh, and then back to Las Vegas. That's just kind of – it seems like they're they're trying to, like you said. <laughs> anyway, I guess that's an oil change between a couple of those rounds. Maybe they're being sponsored by the uh, oil industry. <laughs> Gas industries can helping them out with their scheduling. CarX might be sponsoring for some oil changes. <laughs> so, I don't know. What's the, uh, the the mileage? What's the the biggest run? The biggest run is Foxborough to Vegas, twenty seven twenty seven mileage. And that okay. So the third to last round is 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 uh, out east, and then they go clear to Vegas, and then and then Salt Lake City isn't too far. Well, the week before that, they were in Denver. Then they go to Foxborough, and then back back to Vegas. So do you lose teams? You know, you're going to what? What I think is you know teams that this season hasn't gone the way we wanted. Are yeah. we going to pour this much effort I'm and telling money you right into, now, time, into I, the deal? I'm at the telling end you of the right season? now, there are factory teams, factory teams as as we know it, that are not funded, that are not they're broke, and they're in the Supercross series. It's a it's a big bummer for for uh, these these guys when they see this, they just go eh. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some fallout with this that we we lose some uh, some real, uh, you know, and and. And if you know what, if if they're running on fumes already, you know this just might be the final nail in the coffin for some of these guys. If if gas, the price of gas is the uh, the deciding factor. You are running a little too thin. You're anyway. running too thin anyway. However, this is nuts. I, I I'm I'm uh, um, okay. So we've got we've got Gus on, and uh, she we don't know how to say her last name, so we'll bring her on now. Welcome to Pit Pass. How are you? I'm good. Say your name for us. I'm Gus Rodeo. Rodeo. Okay, right. just like it's, just, just like, like we the, thought. We just wanted. We to, didn't want to butcher it because yeah. we butcher so many names. We thought we'd save you the uh, indignity <laughs> of that because we've done it to so many people. You are an up and coming road racer, currently 18th in the overall standings of the Liquid Molly Junior Cup, and uh, currently fifth in the CCS Atlantic Region. Talk about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I reached the first few rounds of Road America. I did Road Atlanta, um, CIR, and Road America. And um, we're planning on just doing the East Coast rounds for now, and then next season we're going to get out to all the rounds and do a full season. So um, my best finish is nine, and I think I get two nine finishes. And um, with CCS, we've been kind of doing that in our downtime. And um, I've been racing against the SV 650s, and... Um, yeah, I've been learning a lot from them, and um, yeah, running up with those guys is pretty quick. That is uh, impressive. Uh, as an SV650 rider and former racer, anybody on a 400 just kind of annoys you if I see them. I'm not happy. I'm doing my job wrong. You're doing your job much better. So <laughs> cheers to you for your abilities on that. So you're running the same uh, Ninja 400 in your CCS com- competitions and classes? So just get one bike, less setup, and you end up learning a lot about that one bike. So, Gus, I'm looking at your Moto America profile. I don't want to call Moto America out, but they've really butchered your birthday. They said you were born February 14th this year. Yeah, they did. Did you see that? You've seen that already? Yeah, I I posted that on my Instagram. (laughs) You're the youngest racer in history of motorcycle racing, if this is true. 
Uh, you're I know, right? knocking in at about five months old. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tony here. I was. Uh, she's clearly aware, but if you look at her Moto America profile on their own fancy web page, and we love Moto America, and they do a great job of telling the world who all their racers are, they've got her birthday listed as Feb 14 of this year, making her a very young racer indeed. Congratulations. That is uh, <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't corrected it. If you put it on your, you said you put it on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't pick up on that. And get, so, uh, <laughs> get somebody on the case there. So, where where are you? Uh, where do you reside at, Gus? Where do you live? Um, I live in Hamilton, New Jersey. So I'm like uh, a half hour from Millville. That's my home track. Oh, nice. That's that's a good one. So you get a lot of time on that track, I presume. Yeah, a lot of time. So who got you into motorcycling? You're you're clearly really young, as we've already said, really really young. Uh, who got you into this sport? Um, I actually started out with NJ Mini GP. So uh, I think I was ten, and I um, got a Series Fifty, and I went out there, and I was actually really really slow for my first two years, and then I kind of I went to Heron Compound, Josh Allen's place. And uh, after that, I kind of just clicked, and I just started picking it up. And, yeah, I was really enjoying it after that. So um, then after that, we moved on to Evolve GT and Engine Tractors. And um, I got on one of their rental bikes, and I just, at New York Safety Track, I just tried it there, and I just, I loved it. So pretty much started there. That's impressive, and uh, good call going to the Heron Compound. That place is amazing, isn't it? You still get to visit there on occasions? Yeah, we haven't been there in like maybe two years. Just it's pretty, it's pretty far to ride a mini bike from us, but yeah, it's it's good training. But uh, and it, Josh is just uh, one of the great ambassadors of the sport. We talk to him pretty regular here on Pit Pass. Uh, he's having a good season of it right now. Um, do you, can you reach out to him? I mean, I know that he really is as he is growing. Uh, in, in stature as a, as a seasoned veteran of our sport, he really seems to be going out of his way to help kids that are coming up uh, through the ranks. Does he has he offered that kind of stuff to you at all in any way? Um, yeah, I've chatted with him a few times, uh, just like on Instagram Messenger and stuff like that. And yeah, he's pretty cool. He was actually uh, playing Xbox with some of my friends uh, the other night, Joey Lamondi. Um, yeah, he was on Xbox with them, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> Xbox. Nice. nice. Uh, yeah. That is that is cool. So when's your next race? Clearly, uh, you're not going, uh, you said your next race is going to be just the East Coast stuff? Yeah, so my next race will be Pittsburgh. PIR, that's a nice place. Um, and you got CCS races throughout the season? Yeah, um, I can't do the next CCS race because it's a week before Moto America and I can't be on the track. So I'll miss that race, but I'll be at pretty much all the rest of them. That's cool. Are you in? Are you leading any of the? I assume like most amateur uh, or most CCS racers, uh, same as any amateur road racer. You run multiple classes on any given weekend. It's not just one that you're running in, right? Yeah, I run, they have a weekend called Twin Sprints, and I end up running, like, 14 races a weekend. 
Holy yeah, smokes. that's that's a lot of racing. Uh, do you even go yeah. through? So I'm curious. Do you go through a set of tires? Because you know the lightweight bikes are notoriously easy on tires, and someone your age, probably very small in stature, you're easy on tires. Can you make a weekend with tires, or do you have to do a swap? Um, if it's a twin sprint weekend, then yeah, probably two sets of tires, like one a day. But um, no, if like last weekend was just one set of tires, so. Yeah, that was pretty much it. If you put on a new set in the beginning of the weekend, they should last you the whole weekend. Yes, and that is ve- right there is the answer for a lot of track day people. You want to go go do a track day and not break the bank? Get yourself a lightweight bike because you can make a set of tires last for uh, you know you're going uh, sure. real fast. Uh, a day in <laughs> your life is a. Uh, Probably a whole season in most guys' lives uh, when you're racing 14 races, certainly, on any given weekend. So you're, is your uh, dad working with you on the track? Who do you have doing your wrenching and stuff? Yeah, so um, at CCS, pretty much my dad. Um, we don't make like a lot of major changes, but um, at the, in the Motor America paddock, we have uh, Frank Angel and Artie Meeker, so... Yeah, it's pretty cool to have them. They're, like, pretty experienced, so they know, like, what we have to do and all that stuff. So they you do any, a lot. You do any uh, dirt track or anything like that or, or, or any kind of training like that? Yeah. Every every time there's a um, MGMCP race, I usually will go to that, and I'll ride my uh, Honda Steerf 150R. Sweet. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, dirt track obviously is is uh, great training. All the all the mm-hmm. you know a lot of racers have have come from dirt track or use it. I mean we we've, we've got Roger Hayden on next, and you know the Haydens are no strangers to to uh, dirt track and that sort of thing. So that's that's awesome. Um, who do you want to thank for uh, helping you go racing? Um, for sure, uh, Cathedral Event Center, uh, Bell Helmets. Uh, 4SR, 4C Racing, um, Spellcaster Productions, obviously my dad, my mom, my family, um, Randy Posh, I'm actually sitting in his house right now. Um, yeah, pretty much my whole pit crew, uh, Frank Angel, Artie Meeker, my grandparents, um, trying to think, IMR Racing, they do all the tuning and everything on my bike, so that's pretty cool, and he actually... We have this software, so he can work on my uh, the data from my bike actually from his shop, and we're in the paddock at Moto Mall forever. So it's pretty cool. Awesome, guys! Thanks. Um, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, I just be more Motul. Uh, their software device is really cool. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Evolve GC track days and then two track days. They get me a lot of track time, so it's pretty cool. All right. Well, we wish you the best and invite you to come back on. Cool. Thank you. All right. We're going to, uh, I know we, and I, I'm sorry we had to cut short, but uh, Jack, I know we're going to take a short break, right? And, and uh, to the top of the hour, we got it. Oh, now we have, now we don't have to take a break. See how we, we change things up. Um, PJ, you've, uh, we, we touched on it a little bit. The, uh, the, the race in, in Germany, it was quite the deal. Um, talk about that. It was Mark Marquez really, in my estimation, the, the, the middle of this season is 
starting to look like the mark that we've seen every other season recently. It seems like he's got the bit between his teeth now and really pouring it on. Um, He's done this in so many seasons uh, that we kind of grow to expect it. Once he really uh, gets happy with the way things are going, he just pushes everybody to the point of breaking. Um, There are guys that are stepping up and certainly capable of racing with him. But no one's consistently getting uh, getting in front of him and uh, making any headway in the points. So he's got a 58-point lead right at the midway of the season, and that's a lot of points when you're talking about Mark Marquez, barring uh, you know an injury, which you don't expect, uh, but certainly can happen. Mark Marquez seems to be the guy who always manages to come away unscathed. He no stranger to going down. The guy puts it into the sand regularly. <laughs> right. Uh, regularly. Um, he saves c- crashes all the time. He's just that good. So that said, um, I hope somebody steps up to his uh, to his level. Vinales is coming on form. He had a pretty rough start, I feel like, to the season, and Vinales is starting to become a little more consistent. Interesting news, Marco Melandri will be retiring this year, too. I didn't mention that earlier, but that's kind of big news. Uh, he's a big name, been in our sport, what? road racing, for a long, long time. But we kind of expected that, didn't we? I yeah, mean, yeah, he's not. He's I no mean, spring chicken. He old turkey. Yeah, no exactly chicken. right. I was at a sushi place. <laughs> in, uh, he old turkey. Yeah, I was at a sushi place in New York. I, I, we were living in an arena cross. Oh, it was like, we were doing arena cross. I was team manager or something, and... Uh, this lady says, me no spring chicken, me old turkey. It was the most hilarious it's thing. Awesome. And Billy Whitley was there, and I saw Billy down at uh, a race earlier this year, and he brought it up. It was so funny. So, All right, uh, we're, we're going to uh, – that's hour number one. Uh, we've got Roger Hayden and another up-and-coming racer for hour number two. We hope you can join us. And uh, in studio, it's myself, Tony Wink, PJ Dorn, and Mark Bunnell, the quiet one tonight for some reason. But uh, we will be right back. We appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. There's more. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber
Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. I want to thank our guests of hour number one, young road upcoming road racer Gus Rodeo, uh, motocross racer Kyle Cunningham, and also motocross racer Zach Osborne on the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Racing Team. Hour number two, we're going to talk to Roger Hayden and Joey LaMondre Jr., who is an also up-and-coming. We've got the up-and-coming road racers. That Lick Molly Cup. But I think the first guest that we're going to bring on right now is he's uh he's made her jack if you would please bring on our first guest roger lee hayden joins us now welcome back to the show roger how you been man i've been good man thanks for having me back on yeah well it's always good to talk to you roger we're we're all excited to hear what you've been up to last we talked to you you said hey i'm gonna go be a regular human go take some vacations hang out with family and friends and whatnot things you didn't get to do how's it going it's going pretty good. I've actually, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, me and my wife finally took our honeymoon, and uh, I get to go see my sister in January. Uh, her and her family live in Utah, so I get to go uh, see them for the first time. Like at their, I mean, they've been to Owensboro before, but to actually go to where they live and spend some time and like go skiing with her and her, uh, you know, she's got some little girls. So, um, that was, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, besides that, man, really just kind of the, almost the same stuff. We, uh, we had a dinner for Nikki's Memorial Foundation, uh, beginning of June, which we kind of, planned it up a little bit late and uh kind of took a lot of uh a lot of work we did it ourselves so uh it felt really cool to be part of that and actually uh, be able to do my part where before it was always you know focused on racing and training and everybody else picked up the slack my sisters and family and all that so so that was fun and it actually went way better than expected so um, that was that was cool, and I've been to a Moto America race, and I've actually now did a couple pro flat track races. So staying staying busy, but still not the uh, the kind of more relaxed, not quite the grind, I guess you would say. Yeah, well, uh, welcome to the world of not having to train every day and watch every bite. Are you picking up a couple of LBs and enjoying some real food? A little bit, but actually I'm, I've stayed the same size because uh, I still train a lot. And to be honest, I did, when the season first ended, uh, put on a little bit of weight, not not much, maybe five pounds. But I just didn't uh, didn't exercise a lot. Just didn't really feel that good. And I was I got really uh, strong on my bicycle, and I and uh, I just don't really want to lose that because I still like to compete, and uh, I still like to ride with the boys. And you know, it's 
now that I'm 36, it's a lot easier to lose it than it is to gain it back. Heard that, brother. Uh, yeah, uh, your your neighborhood's full of fast kids. They seem to follow uh, you guys around. So, yeah, there's no shortage of guys who would love to say they kicked your butt out back, I bet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's been, uh, I'd say right now I'm probably the same size as I was um, when I raced. So, but still, I mean, definitely the diet's a lot more relaxed and some days you know if i don't want to go grab my bicycle i don't but i still do uh i still put in close to probably 150 miles give or take a week wow uh and also earlier this season you did some commentary on the uh the moto america live feed which was very good i thought um is that something you'd like to do more of? I think you got you you had some pretty good insight there. Yeah, I would definitely like to do a lot more of that. Um, it was I had a lot of fun doing it. It's uh, it's definitely a lot harder than it looks, and uh, it's actually kind of funny. the The first session I did was the first time I met Robbie Floyd, and we had to sit down beside each other, and there was like a twenty five minute red flag that we had to. You know, <laughs> fill the air time right there fill the air time right there so uh it was it was fun i enjoyed it i'm gonna be doing the the one at pittsburgh so um coming up in a couple months so i'm looking forward to that and uh yeah that's something that i've liked and would like to do uh would like to do more more than even that i'm doing now so uh we'll see what see what happens i get a lot of uh, positive feedback from a lot of people about you know how well i did and you know it's always i guess cool listening to somebody that's that's been there and and done it i guess yeah i think it'd be awesome uh you, you mentioned you went to some flat tracks were you just spectating at those or did you get to do some of the some similar type uh, duties at uh flat tracks because i think you'd be a, a great commentator for that series as well and it's the coverage they've had this year has been spectacular. I'm a huge fan of flat track, as we all know. Yeah, and I've actually I raced at uh, Lexington, and then I raced at uh, the National at Laconia Short Track. Oh yeah. So uh, you know, I missed the main at uh, Lexington by one spot, and then I got eighth at the uh, Laconia Short Track a few weeks ago. So uh, didn't go too bad. So they asked me to. JD will be missing this weekend because he's going to be at Laguna Seca, so they asked me to to fill in again. So uh, it's pretty fun, to be honest. I mean, I got a lot to learn. Those guys are are super fast, but you know, it's the team that Tommy's the team manager for. So uh, you know, we've just had a, a lot of fun with it. Did you have any time on that Yamaha before you went out there? Uh, I did two laps, some tracks by my house. <laughs> Full prep is what you're saying. Then that's yeah. that makes your results all the more impressive, Roger. Clearly, you've still got Wait, so all kinds of fast in you. I'm curious if you're going to put the gear on and you're going to drive to the track. I don't care if it's across the street and you throw your leg over the bike. Why only two laps? Because it started raining. Ah, oh, crap. That's the only answer. That's the so, only one. So you're looking at radar on your phone and you're hustling. You're like, all right, we got to get this in. Yeah, got to get this no, in. It was, we started probably 20 minutes early and uh, told the guy, don't water the track anymore. 
you know, because, I mean, you knew that <laughs> rain was, was, was coming and just wanted to at least, you know, do, I mean, I might have got five laps in total, but it was a dust bowl because, you know, if he would have watered it and I had to wait 20 minutes, I wouldn't have got any laps. So at least I got to go and did a couple starts and then, you know, we had one of those good old southern rain showers come in and it was just a, a flood came came down. Yeah, downpour. That's that stinks, and the bike is the bike has been killing it. It looks like it is very competitive. Uh, is that your sense of the bike? Yeah, it's definitely competitive, and the, the team is is working really hard. I know uh, they uh, a couple of tracks. I think they've struggled with whenever it's a, a groove and it's really slick to get the thing to hook up. So. Uh, I haven't really experienced that yet because the short track that I went to was uh, was sand and like really deep. So uh, this weekend I think will be a groove. So I'll get to see that's the tracks that they have typically struggled at. But uh, yeah, they're they're doing okay. JD uh, won a, a TT, but I think they they know that they have a little. Uh, they get some work to do to to be as good as the the Indian guys, but they're definitely making a lot of improvements. Uh, Jake Johnson got on the podium at Laconia, and he was actually running in a podium spot last weekend at Lima, and his bike uh, uh, broke. So um, they're getting better, but you know they still they still have a little ways to go. So they're working hard and. You know they they haven't tested in a while, but I know before the season started they did they did a lot of testing. So they uh, they want to do well. And uh, Tim Estesen's the the team owner, and you know he's uh, he's really committed to the program, and uh, he wants to he wants to win races, and he wants it to be on a Yamaha. And yes, that guy is so crazy dedicated to the sport. He's putting a lot of his own, um, you know, money, effort, time. He's he's absolutely the sport needs guys like Estenson in it, and it's we all want him to win. So he gets paid back for the amount of effort that he's putting into this because he definitely is is one of the big names uh, in multiple venues of American motorcycle racing now. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he sponsors JD's Superbike team, makes that happen uh you know last weekend he had uh five bikes on the track at uh llama wow guys in the uh 450 class two guys in the twins class and one guy in the production twins class so yeah you need we could use a lot more guys like that who are just dedicated to the sport and just just love it because he's given five guys you know, one weekend, the, the, I mean, not just that weekend, but, you know, throughout the year. And I mean, heck, even for a guy like me, gave me, uh, you know, I'm sure it helped having Tommy as the team manager, but still, <laughs> you know, well, you know, giving me the opportunity to come and, and do some flat tracks. And now it's pretty cool that, you know, I've already made a main, so I'm going to have a, a national number again next year. That is that is cool, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, what a lot of people don't understand about flat track, you need data. Setup is everything. It really is about bike setup, uh, and that's a relatively new bike. So every race, they're getting more information, which I'm sure they've got smart guys on the team figuring out what that data means and what they can do with it going forward. Like you said, JD's already at at the front and has been at the front and i i just i foresee the a, a bright future with the yamaha for that team particularly and I, they're getting some help from yamaha also so uh you know i think that that helps them and, and yamaha wants to do well and you know it was just it was so weird for me i've been i've never my whole career i've never rode for yamaha and never even rode a Yamaha. Then once I retire, now I'm <laughs> riding the Yamaha and wearing Danese leathers because they have a team deal. And you're getting all uh, kinds of new stuff after retirement, which is just yeah. exactly not how it goes for most people. No, not at all. So it definitely, uh, definitely, but you're. It's definitely fun and it's, it's different, but also like you said, there it's a relatively new bike not a lot of guys run it so uh they're learning as they go and you know every weekend's a a learning experience and the thing that you know it's it's hard to do mid-season if you figure out oh we need something new well you have to get it made and then you know their race weekends are uh two five lap practices and two five lap qualifiers and then you got to line up to try to qualify for the main so you don't really have time on the race weekend to be experiment experiment yes, exactly. it needs to be done at home in the shop and and again essenson's he's there that team is the team that's capable of doing it for sure and they definitely have the desire they show us that in so many ways um and that's that's cool that they got you out there um, cause yeah, again, I think you, well, when you're done racing, you'd be great in that booth too. Also, uh, yeah, I have definitely thought about announcing for that as well. If the opportunity came up, um, if I wasn't racing, but I, right now, uh, I'm kind of having fun learning the, the ropes to the flat track. And now I really want to do the TT. I want to do, uh, uh, Black Hills, the one in Sturgis, and also I really want to do Peoria as well. Just the history, and I just think for me, using a front brake and you know it goes, it has right handers as well as is going left. I think it would, you know, actually I know it would suit me a lot better than you know just your normal flat track that guys go to all the time, but. Um, I'm not sure if that'll work out because JD will be back uh, for those two races, so those might not get to happen. But I know I'll do some more races throughout the throughout the year, so uh, I'm excited about it and just you know gives me something to look forward to and, and a new challenge. And and uh, you know I'm not gone all week. You know I leave Friday morning, I get back Sunday morning, so it's not. Uh, it's just a short, short trip. So, um, you know, it's kind of exactly what I want. So, JD's doing a, a 
wild card this weekend at Laguna. Is that right? No, there's yeah, the. Well, I mean, it's Moto America. Yeah, but he's also doing the two world two bike. Actually, three world two bike. Yeah. Races, oh yeah. So, so you've uh, so you've uh, you've done a few different wild card one off rides as well as a season in World Super. Uh, do you got uh, any advice that you're offering up for old JD? Uh, a little bit, not a ton. We just, um, we just talked about his training some because he's going to be on the bike so much. You know, he's got five races this weekend. So that's, uh, that's a lot of track time. And it's a lot of recovery. Yeah. He's going to be burning the fuel. So, um, and JD likes to train really hard, so... You know, we talked a lot about making sure you don't show up tired. You no, know, yeah, tired with your, you know, your. I don't know. We call it your tank empty because you got to have some in reserve. You know, because if you show up depleted, and then you know you're going to just get more depleted as the weekend goes. And uh, when we rode our dirt bikes, he really the last couple of weeks he's really shortened his time his time in between his ride yeah so the recovery is not as as long and uh so i know he's i know he's really excited he knows it's going to be a tough challenge but you know i think it's really cool to see an american out there yeah hopefully he shows him some uh shows him some uh taillight for uh for everybody we're all hoping yeah i hope so and you know Dave, uh, he's had some really good rides this year. I know there's a few things here and there they struggle with with the bike. That I think uh, they were going to try to get sorted out before before this weekend. But you know, it'd be great to see if he couldn't uh, try to sneak in the top ten one race. I know it's kind of what he would like to do is, is get a get a top ten, but. He knows how difficult it is, but at the same time, he's the guy that's up for the job just because he is in such good shape, and he rides so many different brands of bikes, he's flat tracks, he rides dirt bikes, and, you know, he's this week he's got to switch from Prairies to Dunlop. Yeah, that's a, that's a big change for a rider, too. I know you've had to do that at various points in your career, and it's... Not to be underestimated, right? I mean, it's a notable difference as a top-level rider. You can really tell, right? I mean, that it's yeah, a completely different thing. Especially not only is he he's switching tires, but he's doing it during the weekend, switching back and forth. It's not like, okay, Friday, I get used to the Pirellis. Well, you're going, you keep jumping back and forth. So you have to remember what tires you're on and what their characteristics are, how they like to be ridden. Uh I remember one year doing the MotoGP race, and I did the 600 race the same weekend. And just trying to remember the gear ratios on two bikes that was totally different <laughs> was uh, was was really hard. Yeah, those uh, it's yeah, it is interesting. Although, yeah, a flat tracker you would think is probably the guy who's best equipped to deal with. Okay, this feels different than it did five minutes ago you still it'd be it'd be a nightmare to to but, try to yeah and i'm sure the setup has to change he's using the same bike right yeah they have two bikes and one of them i um uh, i think they're gonna set up 
with uh, Pirelli's. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I just I think I asked him the other day. I think he told me that uh, he has two bikes. And one of them he's going to use the world two bikes, and one he's going to use in Moto America because both series has a one bike girl anyway. So. That way, at least you're not changing your setup. By yeah, gosh, because that would just be a nightmare for the team. That yeah, would be terrible. Well, we wish so, him, we wish him, and you the best. Are you going to go? You're going to be out there watching, or no? You're no, you're riding. That's the whole deal. You get to ride that weekend. Yeah, no, I'll be in Weedsport, uh, New York, this weekend. So, uh, which I wasn't going. I didn't have any obligations in Laguna anyway, so it kind of works out perfect that I get to go do a. Do a flat track race. Who goes up with you? You got? Uh, is your wife going up with you? No, I'll just uh, travel with me and Tommy. Will go up, and uh, one of my buddies from home lives in Louisville now, and uh, he's been helping the guy, the weekends I've been racing. He's been helping the. Uh, he used to work for me a lot whenever we were younger, and. Uh, We'll all fly in at the same time. You know, we'll make our connectors meet. So since it's just one day, she'll uh, she'll just stay home. But she went to Lexington whenever because we just drove there. So uh, I'll just go up with Tommy and uh, be a short, sweet trip, I hope. <laughs> well, hopefully you get some, some big points, big points on the weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so you were talking briefly. Uh, you mentioned your brother's... Uh, there was a, there was an anniversary or something uh, that just happened, and you you were a little more involved than you had been in years past. His uh, for Nikki's Memorial Foundation, um, we had a, a dinner for it, and we've never we never put one on before. And this foundation is run through a company in, in Louisville, so there's there's a lot of rules and stuff that and guidelines that you had to follow. And the reason another place does it is. That way, you know, we never see the money. So it's a third party that does it. But they have a lot of uh, a lot of rules and stipulations that you got to get through. So uh, it, it took a while to put it all together, but it, it was a great event. I don't think it could have went any better. We had somebody from, uh, you know, the Hayden Home from Girls, which is being built here in Owensboro, which is going to help, uh, you know, girls who are 14 whose families left them or a single mom who's uh you know father the kid left them and it's just her and she can't make ends meet it gives them a place to to live and you know some things you don't realize that the girl from the facility was talking about how you know they got a girl in there now that's 14 years old and you know they asked her what was her favorite thing about it, and she said, well, I have stability, I have food, and I have a warm shower. Yeah, wow. And you don't think about that when you're 14 years old. Like, you know, most 14-year-olds just want a new pair of shoes. They're not worried about a hot shower just because they're used to it. That's, uh, and, uh, that's a big so deal. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool, and uh, definitely makes you feel good about a lot of stuff yeah good for you man that's uh, so those dinners that can we or how do how can people contribute to that well you can go to uh 
I, there's a link actually. I have a. Uh, I'm actually got a Facebook page and an Instagram page, the Nikki Hayden Memorial Foundation, and it's got links on how you can where to go to to donate money and and stuff like that. We uh, we don't have any fundraisers coming up at the moment or anything like that, but people can always uh, donate donate money to it. And, uh, you know, I try to tell people, you know, where the money goes. Like last year, we, uh, and a lot lot of states here in Orangeburg, because this is where Nikki was from. And, sure, makes sense. You know, he loved his, uh, you know, he loved where he was from. Helped, uh, um, like, they built these, like uh, therapists and some other people they built uh, for five kids here in Orangeville. Say, you know, this kid doesn't have an arm. Where they built uh, like a Jeep, but all the controls would be on the right side. Or, you know, if he couldn't use his legs, all the controls to the Jeep would be with his hand. And uh, that way kids with disabilities can still enjoy stuff that normal kids do. And uh, we post. I posted photos of uh, all that on there. Uh, we did a last year. We did a you know a backpack program where we you know basically sponsor a, a meal plan for kids so they have food not only at school but more importantly after school because a lot of kids don't eat when they're you know you don't realize that a lot of kids when they get home from school they don't eat till they get back to school. Yeah, that's. Uh... Well, that's just cool that uh, you guys are able to do something like that and clearly making a positive difference, Roger. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how you go this weekend out there. Good luck. Uh, anybody you want to thank? Any, anybody you want to thank before we uh, head to our break? It's been great talking uh, with you. Well, I want to thank uh, Monster Energy for still supporting me and the you know the Essison guys for. Uh, the opportunity on the flat track and all the the fans support continued support for the family and uh yeah if anybody's listening they want to check out nikki's uh, memorial foundation it's on instagram and uh facebook nikki hayden memorial foundation so, all right uh, check it out outstanding roger hayden we appreciate it we're going to take a break um want to uh big give a big shout out to evergreen podcast production evergreen evergreenpodcast.com hosts a diverse and dynamically curated blend of creative shows featuring a wide range of lifestyle and niche programming our our network features a myriad of entertaining shows rooted in high creative values and production quality including pit pass we are now owned by them and uh we have to give a big shout out it's a great group of people to work with so all right uh roger hayden has been our guest we're going to take a break when we come back we have joey lamondry jr an up-and-coming road racer in the Liquid Molly Junior Cup. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is John And you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke 
Stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance, enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style. Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha. The first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the De Leon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The De Leons will offer you one-on-one -on -one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the De Leons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack De Leon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, thanks very much, Ryan Dungey. It's good to hear from him, and uh, congratulations again on his new baby. Joy LaMondry Jr. joins us now, another young and up-and-comer, currently plays 17th in the overall standings of the Liquamale Junior Cup, which has included a fifth-place finish at Round 4 at Road America. LaMondry is also currently 7th in the CCS Atlantic Region Championship overall point standings. Joey, welcome to the show. Did I, did I get it all right? Yes, you did. 
Well, congratulations to us. Um, we didn't butcher it yet. Go ahead. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man, it's it's good to have you on. Let's let's talk a little bit, kind of catch everybody up to uh, what your career as as of current. So as of right now, um, I I just got I just got back. I'm recovering from an in- injury that happened two weeks ago. Had a pretty big get off, broke my arm. So um, I haven't been able to make it for the last few rounds of TCS. And um, we have pit race coming up. There, we don't know if we're going to make it. We're, uh, and we don't know if uh, I'll be healed by then. But Jersey, if everything goes well, I'll definitely be at Jersey for Moto America. So that's, just, that's our plan for the rest of the season so far. And, and your arm's currently broken then. Uh, did you have to get plates or anything, or are you just letting it heal natural? We're just letting it heal naturally. Well, you're young, so you probably heal really shockingly fast. So a broken arm definitely heals. No tendon damage or any any other issues beyond just the broken bone? Nope, just the bone. So you've had a pretty good run of it. We actually talked to one of your competitors earlier. We were talking to... Um, Gus Rodeo, and uh, was when I was looking, looking that person up, I found you um, on the same very same podium. So you guys compete not only in Moto America but also in your CCS races. Is that right? Yep, me and Gus are uh, we've been buddies for a long time, so we're always battling with each other, always pushing each other. And are you? Do you live in New Jersey as well? No, I do not. I live in Long Island, New York. Long Island. What part of Long Island? Garden City. Gotcha. That's uh, that place is incredible. Isn't that close to uh, where Bell Ray is? Aren't they? Aren't they? Their headquarters out there somewhere? I, I have no idea. Bell Ray Lubricants. Yes, I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. I've been there, but I don't. I think it was, it was on Long Island. I. Th- think i don't remember i don't know a lot of us midwesterners struggle with anything past oh the mississippi really no kinda. it was more of a concussion situation <laughs> gotcha. since then so don't really or two remember. yeah uh joey you're uh so as you sit out um i assume you you've been paying attention to the uh i mean the, to the not only your class but um you know some of the other classes any any uh anyone's performance been a surprise to you and and or maybe on the flip side are there any riders you may have expected more from um i've been watching moto america here and there and stuff and um one who's really been uh putting the hurt on everyone is josh heron so i'm not i'm i'm not surprised he's been up there but he's been really putting a hurt on everyone for the past few races and another rider that uh, has been shocking everyone has been jd beach JD Beast been really uh, been doing really good in the Superbike class, so good for him. And this weekend, he's got a wild card ride at the Laguna Seca World Superbike. How do you think that's going to play for him? We were just talking to Roger Lee about it. He's going to have to switch uh, tires. He's he, there's a lot of differences that he's going to have to go back and forth, and he's got five races. Can you imagine? That's that's got to be quite a task. Yeah, but those are uh, those are really fit athletes. So I feel like he he's going to do good. J.D. Beach is a great rider, and he knows his way around things like that, so he's going to do really good. And speaking of that, so how old are you, Joey? I am 14 years old. Gotcha. So you are probably training. Have you have you gotten full-on into training, or is that uh, you know a work in progress? 
I've been getting into training. I started training a lot before um, these last few rounds, and then my training's been cut short after uh, two weekends ago when I broke my arm. But when I start to heal, I'll go right back into training. So, Yeah, and it's... Uh... That really is what uh, is required at the professional road racing or professional any sport level. Um, at the age of fourteen, you're you're a young professional racer. Clearly, that's what you're aiming to be. Um, injuries, unfortunately, that happens. That's part of motorcycle racing. We all know it. What have you uh, What have you found that you you really have enjoyed about this season the most until this injury, though? Um, just. Just getting into Moto America, getting my feet wet. I haven't done all the rounds. I've done VIR was my first uh, Moto America round, so it was uh, it was a big jump for me from only doing CCS for the past. Uh, last year was my first year actually doing the full CCS season. So last year was my real season, just starting to actually get into racing a lot. So this year I just took the jump, went into Moto America, felt very confident going into it, and I did pretty well. So it was. It was fun, and um, I just can't wait to see what the rest of the rest of the. Hopefully, I can make it to the last uh, two, three rounds of Moto America. And what bike are you running in the Liquamali uh, Junior Cup? I have a Kawasaki Ninja Four Hundred. Same as your buddy um, that we spoke with, Gus, and that seems to be a real popular bike. Um, they've done a lot. Uh, it's been talked about a lot. Probably. Do, do you racers really care uh, as long as it seems relatively fair? It seems like you guys get on them and get about your business. But uh, for any of our listeners who don't know, there's pretty wide variety of equipment in your class. And Moto America, it seems, from the outside at least, has done a pretty good job of leveling the playing field for dissimilar motorcycles. Uh, does it feel that way to you? It does. Like, um... I was out there in my first Moto America race. I was racing with uh, Samuel Lockoff on the R3s and Jackson Blackman. They're keeping up just fine with our 400s, so it doesn't look like the 400s have a big advantage or the 300s. It looks very... Um, very it's well-balanced. It is. It, it appeared, I, I thought the same at Road America, a really long, long racetrack where horsepower differences show up. Nobody ran away with it. Uh, I watched all the races pretty closely. There wasn't one bike that had a head and shoulders advantage. Uh, you know, drafting matters in your class. Has that been new for you, learning that? Because uh, clearly it is a big part of your racing class. Um, Drafting, is, it has not, hasn't been. Since me and Gus, we've, we raced CCS all last year. We're all neck and neck. We're never, one of us was never so much faster at one track. We're both next to each other, so it was always... Who can get the draft? Who can get in front of the? Who can get in front of one and try to pull a little gap? So I've been. I mean, have been working together a lot, and uh, we really prepared ourselves for Moto America. We got used to battling, got used to drafting. But in Moto America, it is a bit different because you're drafting with instead of one or two riders, four, five, six riders, and one little small pack. So it's a, it was a little different, but it wasn't it wasn't something I've never experienced. Well, that's and clearly it, you you were well prepared because your results are have been very good for an opening season. Are you, are you thinking? Um, do, do you and your team are you talking about next year as yet, or is it just see how this year goes and we'll worry about next year after the season? Well, we're looking to get some sponsors hopefully on board with us that can help us out and get to more rounds next year. So this year, 
like this year we were just getting our feet wet and seeing that my results were pretty good we're hoping to get a sponsor on board to help us out and hopefully do a whole moto america season um for the 20 for 2020 and who's involved uh i mean is your family part of your race effort i presume they are given your age are they involved in the in the team uh as integral parts or not um they're very involved they help me out a lot with things like my dad comes to the track all the time he's always working on my bike and um and then we have other people like Kevin, uh, Gus's dad, Gus really, we all help each other out. So it's, we're, we're not by ourselves in a way. Well, that's cool. Well, we wish you the best, Joey. We're coming up against our break. Are there any teams that are, I'm sorry, sponsors that you would like to thank before we head to our break? Uh, we want to give you that chance now. I would like to thank, um, Evolving and two for getting me, getting me started with the big bikes and, um, pushing me to get to CCS and Moto America without, without them. And also Mini GP putting me on the minis when I was little, really helping me out and getting me to where I am now. I'd also like to thank Arai and Heroic for really for saving, my, saving me when I went down a few weekends ago because it probably would have been a little worse without them. And, um, and uh, Metric Double Moto helping out with my suspension here in, and Scott Power Swords for setting up my bike as well. And also Dunlop for uh, keeping me on two wheels. 10-4, awesome. Well, Joey, good job on the show. We'd like to have you back on again, okay? Definitely. Thank you, guys. All right, we want to thank Fly Racing. Continue to expand its line of hard parts from dirt bike stands to handlebars and grips, chain and sprockets, foot pegs and lever assemblies to creative products such as its innovative boot wash stand. Fly Racing designers are committed to making quality hard parts. Visit flyracing.com or see your local Fly Racing authorized dealer for a full list of available fly hard parts. This is Commercial Break. We're going to now. We'll be right back. It's Pit Pass. Hey, it's Ron Sipes. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 
Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, this is Ricky Carmichael, the principal of the Ricky Carmichael University, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to Thad Duvall, who's uh, been on this program many, many times. He had a pretty uh, bummer at uh, race with the DNF at the snowshoe, but he came back this past weekend and um, in Pennsylvania, and he won. And it was sweet, and it was it was really hot conditions. And uh, you know, Thad is a guy that we've had on the show many times. We've told the story on this program about how he almost hung it up. And I remember um, him being uh, in tight with the Wiseco boys. You know, we've we've talked about it way back in my early uh, years at Wiseco. And uh, you know he was he was a guy that was he he kind of gained some weight he wasn't really um, he just really couldn't find his place in uh, in motorcycle racing and and now look at him now he's just he's just killing it so I couldn't be any happier for Thad happier for Thad it's uh, um, on the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team he's he's really uh, coming to his own so I want to I want to give him a, a big uh, high five and and applaud because. You know, it's it's awesome to see that kind of story. And if you followed somebody as long as we have, you know, you only know part of the story, but you know that they go through struggles like everybody. And and to see a guy succeed and and just put the work in year after year to finally, you know, to be as successful as he is as a factory racer is really cool. So, good job out of that uh, Thad Duvall camp. We're proud of him. Mark, you were saying there's something about it. Was there another evil Knievel? Like Pastrana did a tribute thing when he when he jumped. Was there another one? I saw Vicky Golden on a, on an on yeah. an Indian, but I don't I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was a, it was uh, supposed to be Axel Hodges doing a, a big jump, and then uh, uh, she did uh, where she went through thirteen sets of boards on fire over six hundred feet. You know, it was a pretty cool show, but I think one of the things for the industry it was it was a long drawn out process because the main part of the show never happened because. Uh, Hodges got hurt, and um, I think they should have had a backup plan personally. But I mean, not that you could do that same jump. But they so they had an hour long um, going F- filler going, filler going through evils jumps and and everything, and that was pretty interesting. But the hour maybe that was the backup plan. <laughs> yeah, well, that kind of was. But still, her her uh, hour and a half or hour, hour. I think it was almost an hour and a half to get to where. Uh, she actually rode through the the thirteen board. Did she jump or did she 
just, just like you just ride through them. just kind of like like you and i used to do back in the county fair show things as of just burning boards and you ride through them well you know a couple things about your statement you just made the yeah. county um, fair days well i, I, I did both w- when i when i similar. worked for the toyota hollywood stunt show i i refused to do the burning board thing because i don't want to be burned i said i'll do the biggest jump you asked me to do yeah but i'm not going to fire okay and ended up getting burned on the deal anyway literally um f- from a big jump that we did but um we also mark i wasn't at county fairs we did it at state fairs oh yeah yeah a little bigger yeah. arena a little bigger well step back to my day back in the 80s let's yeah say. yeah late 70s 80s um they used to call me the flying elvis which you know because i did a very <laughs> similar show to what you do and a lot of times it would be back combined with the joey chitwood stunt show i don't that's know if you guys remember that that's oh the, yeah i'm the, very familiar so the show that i yeah. that i worked for was a spinoff of joey chitwood and i think I believe Joey, they bought it off Joey or something. I, yeah. So, yeah, of course I'm familiar with it. Yeah, so it was a similar thing, but I would dress like Elvis. And <laughs> it was shortly after he died, actually. Uh, so it was pretty popular then. And uh, I did the flame, you know, go, jumping through the flame hoop, and we did the flame boards, you know. But I think we only did two sets, maybe three a couple times. And uh, I never was good at riding wheelies, and they always had a wheelie contest at it. So my gig was okay, well, you go out and try to ride the wheelie contest because I was the guy doing some of the jumps and stuff. And then they'd have me, they'd say, not like I needed help with it, <laughs> but just loop it out, you know, so that all the amateurs, because they'd let amateurs come out that were at the show and do it on their own bikes. Yeah. You know, they'd sign, I think they signed a waiver back then, maybe not, but it was so fun watching all this happen. But do you guys know who Gary Wells was he no he's the guy that was supposed to be on uh that's incredible jumping caesar's palace i remember and he yes. hit the wall when he landed oh and uh almost killed him and he claimed to this day i i kind of still know him because he grew up in my air, town where i grew up kind of he would come there in the summers because his parents were separated but he came to one of those shows and i knew it because i knew who he was but he rode a wheelie on a honda 450 or one of the four cylinders i can't remember which one it was until it seized at the show literally that he kept going around and around the track and and they wouldn't he wouldn't stop and and they you know they wanted to get the show going because the guy who went the farthest one on her bucks and he went until his bike seized oh, it was man. so awesome but anyway on the show on the tv they it was went so long and then her thing you know obviously it was a 30 second deal when she did it and that was really cool but it was just you know even travis talking on the on the show and trying to fill the time and you know they can only go back and show his stuff so many times and yeah yeah what were you thinking in this part of the jump travis yeah i was scared yeah you know like i was thinking i'm I'm, i was thinking that was pretty cool riding down uh, las vegas boulevard i remembered that while i was in midair exactly but i think they need to have three things if they do it so that there's a backup you know if one of them falls out Hopefully so what was Axel supposed to have been doing? He was going to do, uh, I th- well, I think it was over 300 Three, foot. It looked 300. I, I watched I the crash video. On an Indian? Oh, no. No. He, he, he was, was on his, his dirt bike. On his KX. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And he airmailed it. for. Uh, unfortunately, he airmailed it and wishing him a speedy recovery. He flew. That video is insane. Yep. He broke both his ankles. He, land, he long jumped it. Landed on the rear wheel, 
pretty steep angle and your angles, you know, your your uh, Achilles have to give or your, or your ankle. And yeah. he broke both of the ankles. Like he was actually there on stilt or uh, um, crutches. And uh, he was he was great to talk to. And he was obviously Vicodined up or something. But uh, he was very entertaining, you know. But at some point, I thought he was going to jump on a bike and take off and try it again or something. But, but it was pretty interesting. So actually. about Axel Hodges, I when I first started watching it, I saw the commercials for that monster would put out on him. And I don't know if it was on the internet or on, on TV, but I, you know, he would do cool wheelies and stand on the, on the seat while he does wheelies and, you know, and like rolling front wheel stoppies and stuff like that. I'm like, whatever, you know, it's just, but I was not, you know, I mean, I was impressed, but not really, you know, there's a lot of guys that can do that. A lot of guys that can race motocross at a professional level and do those things. But then I saw a video just recently of him, he was in a big, like a, some sort of an arena or something, and they had, the, he jumped so high, and it was like before the show, it was so high on this ramp, and I mean so far, and he literally had to duck from hitting the ceiling, and I mean it looked like he missed it by a foot, and, and after that he was kind of like, oh, that was pretty close, you know, and, and I I couldn't, I mean, and it went viral, of course, everybody's been seeing it, so... When I saw him do that jump, he's legit moved up the ladder in your book. Oh my word, that guy is is not uh yeah, he's on a different level than anybody that I, you know, any of them other guys. So pretty uh pretty impressive. So That's a pretty tall order knowing how much you uh have been around Travis and the stuff he's done. Well, yeah. Travis is a psychopath. I mean, I'm not going to say that uh, he can't sugarcoat <laughs> that. Can't sugarcoat that. Hey, how about Eli Tomac? He, another good weekend at, at Red Bud with a one-two for overall. Um, I know Marvin got him in that second moto, but he was only seventh place in the first moto. So it was it was Tomac. Jason Anderson is back on it. You know, we I kind of thought after he uh, had a slow start after his his Supercross. I, I kind of thought, you know what? I don't know if we're going to see Jason Anderson back at the level. Man, that kid is is on the gas with a two four second overall. Marvin Muskin was a seven one. Uh, Cooper Webb three five, and then a Ken Roxon with with a six three. That was your top five in the four fifty class at Redbud, and that was that was a great race. And the in the second or in the uh, two fifty class, I should say. Um, what are your thoughts on Adam C and Cirillo, where where he was docked? For for uh, exiting the track and staying on the gas, I mean, y- you guys all saw that, I'm sure. I did. I thought. Uh, I, I don't know. They. He, I think seeing uh, Cerullo's own comments about it when he was on camera were telling. He said, "Yeah, looking back at it, I th- I think what they were talking about yeah, might have been a little bit dicey." He admitted it. So clearly, he uh, he concurred in some way. And it was good to see him take it absolutely professionally and get about his business. What do you think, Mark? I kind of think, uh, you know, that rule has always been kind of ambiguous, the way it was written. You know, and back when I was racing some of the pro-type events, you had to actually re-enter in the same spot. And, uh, you know, so it made it very clear how we did it then. You know, but I understand that they changed it for safety, but it's still kind of 
wishy-washy how it's written because you know there's the whole well did he accelerate when he left the track or didn't he accelerate you know and and if you have to wheelie to go through a banner to get back on the track because they have banners all the way around the track is that accelerating it's just there's just a lot a lot of open stuff there you know Uh, i I wish they'd button that that rule down and they they clearly have left it open for interpretation because he had multiple offs as well. It wasn't there was only one apparently that they were talking about when they decided to penalize him. Well, he said multiple this two season. positions. Yeah, you know, in and that it, race, uh, he had multiple. Well, and in this season too. I mean, yeah. it's not the first time we're talking about AC going off the track and should he have been penalized? But like you said, Mark, there's repeater banner on on entire sections, and they don't. And it sure looks pretty, but if you get off the track, what are you supposed to do? I mean, are you supposed to tear into one of them, or are you, are you supposed to turn around on the, on the backside of a of a high speed jump? No, clearly not. That's not the thing to do. Um, you know, should your should your race be over if you go off the track and just and just call it a day and be like, well, I I that seems a bit much. You know, it's going to happen. It happens. So I, I mean, we see it in road racing even where guys get off the track and they they go through through uh, some rocks and next thing you know they're back on course and, and they're racing and obviously they it cost them more time than than it did ac in this situation but i agree mark i think that that maybe there should be a little more clarity in the rule so uh congratulations to dylan ferrandis though with a one one the the french rider is on fire so incredible ride yes all right uh, big thanks to our guests i want to thank zach osborne and kyle cunningham um, big thanks to Gus Rodeo, Rodeo um, Roger Hayden, and Joey Lamondry Jr. That's been our show. We appreciate you listening. If you missed any part of it, you can go back. You can find us on pitpassmoto.com. There's an app in the App Store, depending on uh, which device you're using, but we have an app that you can listen and and uh, at any time. Our show is available 24-7. I'm Tony Wink with PJ Doran. Mark Bonnell and the DeLeons, we thank you for listening. That's our show. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.